Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix podcast, we will break down the WGC Mexico Championship and take a look ahead to this week's Valspar Championship. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and as usual, I am joined by Joel Beal. Joel, uh, before we talk about the Valspar Championship, obviously a lot to talk about with what happened out in Mexico. First and foremost, Phil Mickelson, the Phil Mickelson experience. We got, we saw everything from Phil, you know, speaking Spanish to the fans, helping out, you know, an inexperienced playing partner with a ruling with TV wires, hitting crazy shots, and winning for the first time in, in nearly five years. What, what what did you make of all of it? We joked about it on Slack during during Sunday, but if you were trying to explain Phil Mickelson to someone who never watched Phil Mickelson. You would give him a tape of this weekend yeah. because not only the golf, it's the going into the bushes. It's drives that look like he's going to make a double and somehow makes par. Mm-hmm. It's knowing the cameras are right oh, on him yeah. and breaking out fluent Spanish. It's <laughs> somehow acting like a rules official for God knows what reason, despite two being right there next to him. Right. Uh, he yeah. <laughs> he really is a character and one, honestly, that golf is better off for when, he, when he's in it. Um, it, in in a weird way, all of those actions almost the the his play was almost secondary, which yeah. is sad because he, this is the guy who just won for the first time in almost five years, won at forty eight an age where guys are usually you know well past being competitive stages, um, and now we're talking about him as a guy who's in a, in the mix of one of the seven or eight names we're talking about for the Masters. So, man, what a comeback! And uh, you know, obviously Tiger Woods is really dominated this year at headlines, but Phil at 48, if he, you know, if if he wins the Masters, that 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 in itself could be the story of the year. Yeah, that would obviously be he'd be the oldest ever. He would break Nicholas's record from 1986 when he was 46. Yeah, you mentioned Slack. We've had some lively Slack uh, conversations, mostly because of Tiger recently. But Sunday was we were going. Everybody at work was going just as crazy about Phil. I mean, it's all the same sentiments on Twitter as yeah, well on Instagram. Ex- it really got people excited, and it's not an aberration there. He's played well this year. He, he The thing this is, what, his fifth top ten already on the early season. It's funny how much this guy really gets up for the Ryder Cup. He, he definitely is invested this year. He trimmed down a little bit. He's hit the weights more than yeah. he ever has before. I think a lot of people raised some eyebrows when he you know, parted ways with Bones, put his brother on the bag, but it's, it's a move that's paid dividends thus far. He, he really is all in on this year, and especially how bad he played at the end of 2017. That's what really blows me away. This was a guy, if his name wasn't Phil Mickelson, he wouldn't have been on the President's Cup team. He basically was given the grandfather clause, and now he might qualify just on his own merit for Paris, which is really mind-blowing given his age and, again, just given how he's played the past two years. So it's one of the biggest revivals I've se- I can remember in quite some time in the sport. Yeah, I think he's a lock to make the team uh, either – He's going to qualify. It looks like he's going to qualify uh, on points this time. If not, obviously he's going to be on there. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of things there. Uh, it did seem like he's more jacked than the normal. I mean, we you know you laugh when you say that, but he did change his diet last year. Um, there was one shot where he he hit a wood out of the rough over water to par five, and he, they showed the replay. And I mean, his arms, biceps were like bulging. I mean, for, you know, going to be forty eight years old in June. I was. I was pretty impressed. He wears the black. The all-black outfits make him look a little, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little slimming. But, but no, he, he looked good. But, yeah, there's just so many things he does. When I saw that clip of him with the little speaking Spanish uh, to the fans, which, by the way, Scratch 
uh, TV, they came up with a clip of, I guess the cameras were following Phil at Arizona State back in the day when he was at, when he was taking a Spanish class, and he was, I mean, you couldn't be more clueless in Spanish. So it just shows, again, like you said, he knew the cameras were on him. He rehearsed this one little line. He nailed it. Everybody went crazy. I showed it to my wife. She's like, so I don't get it. I'm like, you just don't get it. This guy is the ultimate showman. Everything he does is for the cameras, or, and, 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 it's, and it's glorious. And it's, you know, a lot of times when people do that, you get sick of it, but we never get sick of him. No, he, he's actually so over-the-top cheesy that it yeah, works. Yeah. Everybody's in on the joke. You know, right. I don't think it's in a weird way he's not deceiving anybody. He right. kind of knows what lane he's in, and thank God for it, because, like I mentioned, it, it was one of the more entertaining yeah. Sundays of the year so far. Well, it's funny, because we, last week we brought him up briefly, and we were talking about how the year before he'd given us one of the most entertaining uh, maybe the most entertaining T7 in the history of golf because, and I I thought he'd finished higher than that, frankly. I just remember all the times he was scrambling through the trees. The PGA Tour put a compilation video together of all his recoveries from 2017. And so he gets back on this course. There were a lot of those similar shots from the trees, punching out, whatever. Even on the last day, he punched a shot out into a group of fans. I don't know what was going on there. Then later he had to tell a fan to put a stick down. I mean... <laughs> it was the craziest round, but this time he actually came through and won. But, but you're right. It really, you know, as much as uh, 97 starts or whatever that, without winning, uh, you kind of expected it because he'd been playing so well. Um, his strokes gained putting is the best it's ever been. Uh, four, this is now four consecutive top six finishes. That's the first time he's ever done that in his entire career. So he's playing great golf right now and you know usually when he or tiger they give that oh i'm close i'm getting close you know spiel at the end mm-hmm. of the round you, you say eh, whatever but he, he was telling the truth this, this time and more importantly this is the part of the schedule that opens up for him because yes he's played historically well on the west coast mm-hmm. but this is where it starts getting weird when accuracy is more pinpoint let's be honest accuracy has never been his forte no. off the tee but all of a sudden he's kind of got that under control still not great by any means but he just needs to be average his iron and short game and obviously as you mentioned putting everything else is so good that as long as he's just adequate off the tee he really could be this top 20 player again mm-hmm. and yeah i guess we've mentioned it multiple times you don't need to be the straightest driver to, to win a green jacket so uh, the distance is still there and he's hitting his irons as good as anybody right now so it really is quite the transformation for phil mickelson still it is amazing because i i happened to be there at Muirfield in 2013 when he won the open and i was behind the 18th green he made that birdie putt to shoot 66. It's one of the great rounds in golf history. He he really, I mean, he ended up winning by a couple strokes, but he really just stole that claret jug from a bunch of people, mm-hmm. including Tiger, who was, who was in the hunt that final day. And if you had told me that day that the next time Phil would win would be at a tournament in Mexico, keep in mind there was no such thing back then, on the same day that Kobe Bryant won an Oscar – uh, in the second year of a Donald Trump presidency. I mean, can you imagine the odds? I mean, at the time it was, oh, Phil's back. He, you know, he just had that close call at Marion. He's, you know, still one of the best mm-hmm. players in the world. I can't believe that it took this long for him to win again. It, it's crazy. It is. It's, man, I just, sorry, I just went to a little bit of a transfer <laughs> where I was in 2013 when that happened and dark thoughts just came up. Let's, oh, uh, no. let's change the subject. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it was, he gave us, uh, certainly a lot to talk about and we're going to have a lot more to talk about this week when his old rival, 
uh, tease it up again. Tiger Woods will be playing for the first time at the Valspar. But before we talk about Tiger or anything else, one other person I want to talk about, WGC Mexico, we already have had a heated debate today <laughs> no, in the office no, this is over, uh, and, I, and I, I probably am butchering his name still, but Shubhankar, Shubhankar Sh- uh, Shamar. Sharma, sorry. Shabankar Sharma. Man, I'm butchering it. I love this guy, and I'm butchering his name. I'm so sorry. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm just calling him Big Sharma from now on. I'm buying all the stock I can buy in Big Sharma. You know, stock prices are soaring. He got an invite to the, the Masters now today. And Joel's raining on the parade. He doesn't like that nickname. I just feel like it's a cop-out. We are a very lazy nickname generation. All we do is just put big or an IE at somebody's name. We're just taking the name and shortening it. There's no, like, back in the day there was, you know, the Iceman. And now I feel like now it's just, it's just, it's very, we're better than this. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. I, w- I would agree with you typically, but... And I don't know, maybe this went over your head, Joel. I'm sorry, but there's a thing called Big Pharma. Oh, is there? And yes, I'm very aware. Big, big Sharma. Pharma. That's why I like it. Now, okay, if you don't I know you you're pushing for Cobra because that's apparently his nickname. That is an I mean, how many people have made nickname Cobra? Not that I can think I'll of I'll say name name me <laughs> someone. Named but you Cobra. would think that there'd be a million people out there with the nickname Cobra. I think Big Sharma, a little more originality to it, even though you say it doesn't. And what was uh what Chris was Powers, assistant yeah, assistant the, editor Chris Powers? Chris Powers what was he came up with the Shubmarine. I like that. Shub. Shubmarine. It's, it's better than Big Sharma. I know. It's we'll better than it. Big Sharma? All right. And then there was Biggie Charms, which again, that's more to your, that's more taking a big and throwing it in there. It's just like, no, but more importantly, the guy is, is going to the Masters now. So I'm it, Amazing. And, deser- and deservedly so. Mm-hmm. You know, they, the Masters in recent years obviously has uh, offered. Uh, you know, an invitation to the winner of the Asian Amateur, uh, which is great. It's helping to, you know, grow the game in those parts. Uh, my man, Big Sharma, is from India, you know, not exactly known for its great golf heritage, although Jeev Milka Singh obviously mm-hmm. has played in the Masters a few times. Uh, but to give him, uh, you know, an invitation is fantastic. This is a guy who's 21 years old. He was the 54-hole leader at his first World Golf Championship. He played in the final group with Phil. I know he he stumbled on the final day, but he really didn't play as poorly as it looked. No. He, he burned a lot of edges, and I was scared to look at the final leaderboard. He did still finish in the top ten, barely T yeah. nine. So you know, the last couple of holes tripped him up. Right, and if you if you'd come into the week though and said this guy is going to finish in the top ten, most most people had never even heard of him. Um, I, I'd only heard of him. I assume you too, because he had just won a European Tour event. Recently, in fact, that's his second win already, which is incredible. Uh, this is a guy who, you know, could be the next Tadeki Matsuyama. I mean, you know, a great Asian player. I mean, who, he was outside the top 500 as late as November, right? Before that win in South America, and then what really then, kind um, of got him on the radar was the Maybank. And Maybank, yep. One of our guys who's a ball tester for us actually played with him in Asia only once, but he said he's never been more struck of a guy who just immediately you knew it he wow. was going to be the guy. Um, doesn't really hit the ball that far, no, which is no. one thing that kind of concerns me. Um, but you mentioned he's 21; he can gain that. His irons are so good, and just his, his honestly, his just constitution throughout the thing. Think of being in that final group with Phil Mickelson, who was literally taking all the spotlight away from him, and he was just went about his business. Yeah. Definitely didn't have his. Didn't, I mean, let's be honest; he probably had his C game, uh, and it was really kind of a nice juxtaposition between someone like Tyrell Haddon, who was absolutely blowing his cool, really could have almost oh. lost it. I mean, you can make the case he lost the tournament by his, you know, if he would just need yeah. to settle down, he probably should have been there in the, in the playoff. 
Um, but to see that against a 21-year-old kid, it was extremely impressive. Uh, I, definitely not the last time we're going to hear about this kid. It's funny you mentioned Hatton because, right, if you compared the two, how they reacted to missed putts or you know bad bounces, it was night and day. I mean, it's such, this is such a cheerleader sport that it was a, it was actually refreshing to hear the announcers get on Hatton as well. You, you can tell they yeah. wanted to tell him just that, hey, chill out, buddy. This is this is golf, and it was right. it was interesting to see how. This, and this, I mean, Hatton's a very talented guy. Hopefully, he does get that temper under control because when he's in his irons, well, man, few few can few can do what he can do. But um, at the same time, there's a reason he hasn't found the winner's circle a lot, and this is not this is not a new thing for him. So hopefully, he's able to kind of get those demons under control. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we, we will definitely hear more from Big Sharma. He will be at the Masters. I obviously just like saying Big Sharma over and over again. Uh, okay, let's move on to the Valspar. Big Sharma will not be there. Big Cat will. Tiger Woods is playing at the Val- Valspar Championship for the first time, and he will be paired with Jordan Spieth, and everybody's going nuts about that, that duo being paired together the third guy in the group is decent also, Henrik Stenson. You may have, may have heard of him. So what, uh, what do we make about Tiger? This is obviously going to be his fourth start this year. And, you know, making his debut at an event, does, you know, what does that change? Well, he's never played the Valspar, so nothing really to go on in that, right. that regard. He, this is the course that, again, you kind of need to keep it somewhere close to the fairway, which has not been – Something he's excelled in so far in the three tournaments we've seen in the comeback. That being said, you can still actually play pretty well as long as you know someone like Adam Hadwin last year was, I think only I think he was outside the top 50 in both strokes gains off the tee as well as accuracy, and hmm. still was able to finish second in strokes gains approach. So you still can get it done from the rough as long as it's relatively close. So it'll be interesting to see how Woods handles that. Uh, short game is paramount here. It's not necessarily like most Florida courses. There's a little bit more undulation. It'll be interesting to see how. Tiger takes that, but yeah, for me the big thing this week will can he really continue that that great iron play that we saw at Honda that what, what, was it lead led the led the tournament proximity yeah. the hole um, easily mm-hmm. and that's something that's really going to translate well not only this week but at Bay Hill and obviously at Augusta so um, I think at this point we have a kind of an okay feel of where he where he's at with this putter um, if he can just get the driver somewhat under control it man a, a top fifteen top ten could be back in his future again yeah. You know, it's funny, he he now doesn't have enough rounds to qualify for stats, but as of last week, he did. It's kind of a sliding scale on the PGA Tour based on how many events have been played. But as of last week, he was 146th in strokes gained off the tee, which is obviously pretty bad, but not surprising considering where we've, mm-hmm. we've seen him hit it, especially when he, when he pulls driver. But 13th in proximity obviously helped out a lot by leading the field at PGA National, and 16th in strokes gained putting. Um, he's 97 of 97 from three feet and in, so he hasn't, you know, not given away anything. That's We used to see him go years without missing mm-hmm. a three-footer, but he seems to be kind of locked in, steady, knocking in those putts, obviously knocking in his fair share of everything within 10 feet to be that high in strokes game putting. So, you know... And really the putting, there's, there's only one bad day, and that bad day was almost set up by a bad iron play on that Friday at Riviera. Yeah. Other than that, he's been very good. If you break it down round by round, right. there's only been really one other average round. The other eight have been very good. So right. it, that's been, for a guy whose short game wasn't quite there the last last couple of years before the injuries got him, that's been extremely impressive as well. Yep. All right, well, let's get, get to our picks, I guess. Uh, Joel, I'll let you go first, as always. Who, who do you like this week? I'm going with Webb Simpson as my number one guy who mm. – 
he's actually had a bit of a mixed bag here. Uh, played eight times, and he's supposed to cut three of those instances. However, he does have a runner-up finish as well as four top 25s in those five cuts. Um, he's been really solid this season. He He's in the top 10 in strokes gained putting and in the top 15 in strokes gained um, just total. Um, you know, 32 years old, uh, this is, you know, the Copperhead's a very target-centric course. That's something that Simpson's excelled on throughout his career. I can see him really getting in the mix this weekend. Uh, yeah, Webb Simpson, speaking of Demon Deacons, I, we do have to note that Bill Haas will be making his return following that uh, tragic accident. He was a uh, passenger in his friend Mark Jabello's car uh, when it lost control, hit a couple other cars, including the car of Luke Wilson, of all people, and uh, Mark unfortunately passed away. Uh, Bill only sustained minor injuries. He was released from the hospital the next day. He did withdraw from the Genesis Open obviously went home. He's not practiced much, according to AP uh, Associated Press, who he gave his first interview with yesterday. But he, he's back this weekend. You know, he's someone someone actually would have looked at in normal circumstances. He had a three-shot 54-hole lead here a couple years ago and um, lost to uh, Charles Schwartz on a playoff. But anyway, just when you mentioned Webb Simpson, just wanted to mention that Bill Haas is back on tour this week, maybe a little sooner than, than some people thought, but certainly someone to keep an eye on, although – he has now fallen to in the 70s in the world ranking, which is the worst he has been in, you know, basically since he broke through um, mm-hmm. first first win probably about eight years ago. So um, that's that's one other storyline here. My first pick, uh, I'm not going with Haas, obviously. I'm going with Justin Rose. Um, there's no real great reason to pick him this week. I just uh, I know he I know he's coming off a for him a terrible performance in Mexico. He finished somewhere in the middle of the pack of a limited field event. But before that, he had just an incredible um, top 25 streak. Uh, going back to last year, he had that top 10 streak that he was mm-hmm. on. Uh, obviously, he won the HSBC in the fall. I just think he's, you know, the, the most consistent player maybe maybe out there uh, today. I think as good as the field is this week, I still think he's probably right now the, the best guy in the field. Um and you know he actually has played fairly well here. He's never he's never won, but he missed the cut in 2015. But in his other eight starts, nothing worse than a T30. So, you know, I th- again it kind of speaks to his record. I think he's very solid, and um, wouldn't be surprised at all to see him pick up win number two this season. Yeah, I mean he's really the new Matt Kuchar, right? Just every week it seems he's somewhere in the top ten. And yeah. Even even his bad play last week it was just a round or two. For the most part, he actually looked okay. Just a couple of wayward shots. So. Yeah, I can. It'll be interesting to see how he gears up to really come back to Augusta this year after that heartbreak, uh, losing to Sergio in the playoffs. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Rose. This is this is an age where guys start to lose a little bit, but mm-hmm. he has no signs of slowing down. Yeah, and you know that course last week drew, let's just say, mixed reactions. I know we'd seen it the year before as well, and with the altitude and the really tight shoots off the tee. I mean, some of the when they show the guys teeing off, you're like, how? It's crazy. I mean, it looked like, you know, when. Tin Cup hit the trick shot through the sliding door. He had more room there than some of these tee boxes. And so Rose, two years in a row, I think, has finished T37, T38. It might just be a situation he, he just really doesn't like that course. Yeah, I said it's only been there twice, so right. it's, it's hard to get too big of a feel for it. Right. Um, all right, Joe, who's your next guy? I mean, it's a big one, but I think we Uh-oh, had to put him in go. there. It's Jordan Speed. Yeah. The guy's only, he's only played here four times, but four top 20s in all appearances, highlighted by a win in 2015. Everyone's really harping on his putting, and yeah, it hasn't been great this year. Um, as long as it just gets to average, I think he'll be okay. He's the way he's hitting his irons, um, still as good as as it was in 2017 and 2016. Mm. Um, 
don't have to be a bomber to win this course. We see that with you know John Sendon, Adam Hanwin won last year. You mentioned Schwartzel earlier, so I don't have to be a monster to find success um, at, at Copperhead. So I think Spieth, we're kind of waiting him to throw his name in here, especially when you know Justin Thomas, Rom, and DJ are coming out these hot starts. Right now, Spieth's been a little bit left behind the dust, and it'll be interesting to see if he wants to give himself a strong finish right before Augusta comes up. Yeah, it's interesting because you hear so much negative negativity around him, but he really hasn't played that poorly. I mean, he, you know, we're used to seeing better than what he's doing, but he's got a couple t- top tens. Granted, they're ninth place finishes, but I think only one missed cut. Everything else is mm-hmm. a top twenty, top twenty-five. It's not, you know, top fifteen. It's not, not terrible here. But, but yeah, you mentioned the putting. It's one sixty-third right now in strokes gained putting. Of course, he's probably going to pick it up. Um, you know. Will we get back to 2015? We were talking about this the other day. I mean, that was a magical year with the putter for him. He made 25% of his 20-footers that year. I mean, that, that might never happen again in his career. So, But he's obviously always been a good putter, uh, makes a lot of long putts, and right now they're not going in. But like you said, Joel, um, he's sixth in strokes gain tee to green, so not even just his iron play, but from off the tee as well, and he's fourth in around the green. So it shows you how bad the putting has been that he mm-hmm. hasn't, had picked up a win or so yet with with those kind of and the service service he's putting on aren't exactly pristine by any right he's had the courses it's not not great so if we're starting this discussion let's say in late may i think we can start start waving the flag at that point but it's still really early and really these next four four to six tournaments he'll be playing and that we'll get a a lot better idea where his putting's at sure that and you know what uh I looked this up, obviously, because of the, the Woods-Speeth pairing, but they have played together seven rounds on tour, which I was surprised it was that many, uh, with Tiger being so injured the last few years. And Speeth has beaten Tiger six out of the seven times, the seventh time they pushed. Tiger's never shot better than a 71 with Speeth. Uh, Speeth's scoring average is a 69 to Tiger's 74.26. So he yeah. is... Kick the old man's butt. Yeah, of listen, big cat gets nervous. He knows, he knows yeah, someone's I, someone's going to beat his major major yeah, number at some point. I, no, you're right. I mean, he's probably the guy who has the best chance. Uh, you know, probably Rory him, Rory set the pace, but yeah, I think we can we can not. I mean, not, I don't mean right off Rory, but no. I mean what four majors at this point of his career that that's, he's not getting ten more in the next ten that's, years. That's, that's tough. That's, that's, and, a, that's right, a tough number. Speed to get. still three at age twenty four is it's pretty pretty good. So. Um, it'd be great to see them play again together. We'll see if Woods finally can, you know, kind of take down this this young whippersnapper. We saw Woods struggle playing with uh, Justin and, and Rory really mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Riviera, he played better, to be honest, in the when he didn't have these marquee guys with him. He, you know, last time who was it? it was Brant Snedeker and Patton Kazire. Mm-hmm. Um, no offense to those two, but they're not exactly the the giants. And and at Tory, it was a uh, Charlie Hoffman and Patrick Reed. Do you think it has anything to do with those names you also just mentioned are kind of longer hitters? Mm. This group he's playing with. Stenson's a guy it, who never hits his driver, and Speed, who I think we always miscast as a short player. He's he's not. He's actually average, which is sure. I know that doesn't say a lot, but it's it's actually an important part. But I don't think Tiger has to worry about being 15, 20 yards back every time or, like he was. Or trying to crank it up to yeah. keep up with and those guys. And this really yeah. is a course that's not necessarily long, so you can get away with it in three-wood a lot. I almost wonder if that – Let's be honest. Tiger's ego is about as big as it gets right. in sports in right. general, and some, seeing that, I think maybe they, that was part of the reason of why his drives were all over the place. He was trying to pump it out there with Thomas and Rory. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see if that has any type of effect this week, because again, you don't need driver at this course. Yeah, you're right. The style of play 
could matter more than just the name recognition of, of the guy. That, that's, that's a good point. Well, we'll see. Either way, we're all going to be watching, certainly with, with Tiger and Spieth and, and Henrik Stenson. I'm, I'm going a little down the board, um, and I'm taking actually Tiger's, apparently one of Tiger's good buddies now. Uh, they're playing practice rounds together. They're joking around all the time. That's Jason Duffner. Um, he has nine consecutive top 30s in this event, top 25s in his last six. Um, kind of crazy that in that stretch, which has been very good, his best finish is a T10. So I, I'm just banking on the fact that if he's, you know, he obviously loves playing here. He's playing pretty well this year. Uh, that he's going to break through with at least something in the top 10 this week. Um, I'm also looking forward to what hat he'll, he'll wear this week. He's been really... Uh, been on a roll, obviously, last week with the, the Mexico. I love Mexico hat. Uh, I love Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm trying to think. Mons Venus. Admittedly, I do not know much about the Tampa culture. <laughs> well, it's, they're known I'm to, point of blank. There's a lot of strip clubs in Tampa. Just yeah. throwing it out there. That That's that's not all they're known for. But of That course. might get a call from Ponte Vedra if he, yeah. he rocks that. That might be pulling. <laughs> that might be. Uh, they're all for creativity to a, to a degree. Maybe he'll just go. Didn't he go with... Um, a team, oh, he went with the Blue Jays, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll go, with, but that was, yeah, that wasn't even, yeah. I was thinking maybe he'd go with the, you know, Buccaneers or something. I feel like you should start going the Judah Freelander hat, you know, from yeah. uh, 30, yeah, Rock, 30 Rock, where he just yeah. has the, the sings and the hats. That, that would actually be, and honestly, he, I can see him growing out the beard and the hair like that as yeah. well. That would be something I can get behind. Well, we'll see. He, he'd, he'd probably have something creative uh, this week. All right, back to you for number number three pick. This is a bit off a beaten path. He, I feel like his star's fallen a little bit the past year or two, and that's Matthew Fitzpatrick. He was supposed to be this you know, next big thing of Europe, and he's only 23 years old, so can still get there. Um, that being said, in his limited appearances in the United States, he's really struggled outside that, what was it, the 2016 Masters? Even then, it was kind of a backdoor, yeah. backdoor finish, um, and, and that really is chiefly due to the lack of distance off the tee. But as we've mentioned here a few times already, you don't need muscle to get around this course. Um, his, his second shot performance, the reason he's done so well in Europe are, are these shorter courses that really demand precision uh, in the irons, and that's something Fitzpatrick definitely has. It, it's when he went, I think we talked about this last year. He loves uh, Hilton Head, and this is actually a course that has a lot of similarities to Hilton Head, so uh, I can see him kind of being at home. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds himself on the leaderboard. Uh, I'm going to go with another guy who turned pro as a teen. Doesn't exactly have a lot of muscle, let's be honest. That's Kevin Na. Kevin Na... Uh, Three top tens and eight starts at this event, including a runner-up in 2014. He's also coming off a runner-up at Riviera, where, yes, he was in the spotlight again for some slow play. Uh, cricket legend Kevin Peterson mocked him with a couple things on Twitter, including a, a video of showing how you're actually supposed to hit a tap-in. Now, to be fair, it wasn't exactly a, a tap-in, but uh, Kevin now responded with a little uh, shot tracker action showing that the putt was, I think, like three three feet, four inches. They got into a whole thing. Anyway, I, I kind of like that Kevin has some fight, some grit. You know, I know we've seen him complain about the rough last year at the U.S. Open and all this stuff, but he is a pretty scrappy guy. Um, one of the best short game games out there. And this week, th- you know, this is a course that uh, when the wind picks up and it's expected to this week. Yeah, 20 mile per hour and expected. Yeah, pretty much, I think, on three of the four days. It's tough to score there. You're going to miss a lot of greens. Uh, it's going to come down to short game. You mentioned Adam Hadwin last year scrambled his butt off uh, when he won. So I just kind of like, nah. And again, the fact that we're talking about a guy who has one career 
PGA Tour win, and he's made over $25 million. That is a scrapper. That's a fighter. That's, I like Kevin. It's Durant. almost as good as a uh, mediocre left-handed uh, pitcher in baseball. Those are like the two spots yeah. where you can not really do anything and still get paid. Uh, yeah, right. Get that. Uh, I, I want to ask you, you've been here, what, eight years now? Nine. Nine. Have almost. you ever had to talk about a golfer and a cricket player going at it on Twitter before? No. And that, that, had to be you know, but that's what's so great about Twitter, I think, or Instagram, whatever it happened. Actually, Nas not on Twitter. So I, I uh, Kevin Peterson started on Twitter. Nas took the fight to Instagram. You know what a world. 2018, right? It's great. It's, Kobe Bryant wins Oscars. I mean, that's I what know. happens. It's I'm everything. This, it's all happening. I'm, I'm this close to getting off of Twitter and see, seeing not fighting with the critic. <laughs> I think this that might be it. That, that's the impetus to get off. Um, all right, we got our last pick each. Joel, go ahead. I mean, this is, I feel like it's a layup, but just Paul Casey. This is a guy who mm. has, actually hasn't played here in a couple years, but um, has, has played well in previous starts. Uh, another top 15 at a WGC event, which is, seems that all that guy does is play yep. well at WGC events. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to win, because let's be honest, it's Paul Casey. He doesn't win. That doesn't happen on the PGA Tour. This isn't the Euro Tour where you're just given a trophy by showing up if you're Paul Casey. Woo! That's, wow. that's you, John Huggin. But, wow. Uh, no. <laughs> but no, he, uh, Casey's playing well again this year. Um, again, he, I, I put him right in there with that Matt, Matt Kuchar, just no matter, no matter the venue, um, no matter where it's at, he just seems to be a lock to make the cut and really have a nice Saturday-Sunday finish. So, yeah, I think Paul Casey is a safer bet there is this week. Yeah, Paul Casey is really like Justin Rose light. I mean, he's he's tremendously consistent, very successful, but he just never wins. I mean, Rose does win a fair amount. Casey, not the same thing. I mean, I know he's won in Europe over 10 times. In the U.S., just the one win at the uh, 2009 Houston. You know, he's always one of these guys when I'm making my list for the, the Masters picks. I want to throw him in there because he's, you know, a 40-to-1 type guy. And, you know, you'll see his name on the leaderboard. But if he never wins, why would you bet on him to win? He's not going to... And Why and is so he going to win the Masters if he can't win the Valspar Championship? What's, He's going to win, by the way, now that we said this. But what's bananas though is that like he usually when we talk about guys who can't can't win, it's they can't close on Sunday. He's the right. exact opposite. He actually starts out he, really bad. Right. He, he comes he's, from behind. He's ranked yeah. 182nd in first round scoring. And then 14th in round two, 27th in round three, and 15th on Sunday. Wow. So yeah. he plays well. He just has those opening tee jitters, I guess. But it, it's a, it's amazing how well he plays. Just for every reason, Thursday's kind of thrown him a curveball. If he just plays average on that day, he could be could be in the mix. But no, I think he's um, again with with his, with his accuracy off the tee and how how well he's uh, been playing with the irons. And then Casey's a good bet for a top ten this week. Yeah, I mean for fantasy purposes, he's great. Uh, you know, again, doesn't get you the wins, but a lot of a lot of high finishes. All right, you ready for this? Lay it on me. My final pick, Tiger Woods. Oh, it took me. What was this? This uh, his fourth event. I, I I was very disciplined. You got to give it to me. I did not pick him yet. Disciplined. Three uh, weeks ago, <laughs> you were ready to quit your job and look into a new sport. You were so downtrodden after Riviera. Uh, that's a good. Uh, you're right. You're right. I was. That that's that's fair. Look. Tiger Woods, he has never played this event. I know that. He has played okay. Obviously, you know, we made such a big deal about the 12th place finish at, at the Honda Classic. Let's be honest. I mean, he wasn't flawless, but he was he was pretty good. What I like about it is we're still at the point where people are not expecting to do well. Do I really think he's going to win this week? Probably not. But I'll tell you one thing. If he makes the cut this week, everybody and their mother is going to be picking him to win a Bay Hill next week. And I'm not going to be that Johnny-come-lately, <laughs> jump on the bandwagon, 
picking him that week. So I'm picking him this week at the Valspar, at the Snake Pit, which he's never uh, played in on PJ Tour. I know he played that little mixed event with mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Keeney. Some of those pictures, by the way, are fantastic. That's another conversation for a different day. But um, I just think that he is tremendously undervalued right now and that this could be the last week of said undervalued. Because coming off the you know the strong play at the Honda, you got you got the the bandwagon picking up, you got a lot of buzz, but he's coming to a place that people are saying, well, he's never played here before. So he's he's clearly not gonna play well. There's a lot of water, there's the snake pit, this and that. If anything, the bear trap and the water, all those hazards made him hone in even more, perhaps, on those tee shots. He just needs to put it in play this week, as you mentioned, go from there. I think he has a good week this week. I really do. I think he I think he's in the top ten uh for the first time of this latest comeback. And and again, if that happens, I mean he's gonna be the favorite of Bay Hill next week. He's already up to sixteen to one, the Masters. That's the sixth best odds, I think, on the board. You know, people are starting to really believe again, and I think there's reason to believe. Yeah, a couple of things to watch. One through the 10 rounds so far in his comeback, the one consistent across the board has been his ability to scramble. He's really been grinding mm-hmm. no matter what's going on. Uh, he's going to need that this week because the past five years, the average winning score has been about 900. It's, yep. there's, it's not necessarily this course is tough. There's just very few birdie opportunities, right. and you have to be okay with taking part and taking your medicine. So I think that actually, as we saw at Honda, I think that plays in his favor a little bit. So, so many of these young guys are used to going low. They don't quite know how to get around that. Well, we in part, you know, like there's like this, as we kind of saw last week with him, there's just like acceptance that just is not there at the moment. So I think that plays in his hand. Two, let's be honest, you, if you're putting the human element, he's got to be a little, not ticked, but a little jealous that Phil's getting yeah. all the spotlight again. I think this is something that may fuel some up. Uh, I think they're on a lot better terms now than they were back in their heyday, but uh, he's still a competitor. He, he wants, he wants that spotlight again. He not, not only wants the spotlight, he wants to earn it for the right reasons. Um, yeah, it's. I'm. I'm not. I don't think he'll actually win, but it's making the Masters so much more intriguing oh. the way he's the way he's playing at the moment. Definitely. And uh, to me, it's I just worry every time he swings, I'm just worried he's going to pull up and and grab the back. So as long as he stops away, stays away from that, it's a successful week. But yeah, it, like I said, he doesn't need the driver in his bag. That to me is again is the the big thing. I, I know I'm, the, I'm not the only person saying that. Yeah. Uh, but if he can just keep keep it relatively in the confines off the tee, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he can do. You bring up a couple great points, and I was talking about this with someone else a few months ago, and we were saying Tiger will have the best chance at an event where, you know, six to eight under par wins. Yeah, he can't do what Justin Thomas did last week. He He can't pull off 11 under and 17 or 13 under. Or at least I certainly have a lot, right, more faith in him, kind of these grind. He he likes this. These grind out even par rounds. Then you have the one day where maybe you go low, mm-hmm. and you have three other rounds where you're around even par. And it, by the end of the week, all of a sudden, four under, five under is is looking good. That's where um, he's going to be at his best. And and you know maybe that's even why he's better suited to win this event than even Bay Hill, even though he's done so well at Bay Hill in the past. Maybe this, you know, this turn, you know, current setup right now. We mentioned, I think last week. He really only has one bad round so far. It was the second round Riviera. Mm-hmm. He also only has one round in the 60s. That's 69 at PG National on Saturday. But it's a lot of 70s, 71s, which, you know, at a at a course where everybody's going low, it's not going to get the job done. But here, if he's consistently doing that, you know, he can hang around. So 
that's I like that point. Part two, you're right. The fill the fill factor I think is for real. I think we both talked about this on previous shows about how Phil Mickelson is motivated now the Tigers back. We saw that come through last week with his win. But you're right. Now it flips back to Tiger. There was that great stat people loved to rattle off that Tiger had won more recently mm-hmm. than Phil Mickelson. People would be like, that's not true. That's not true. And you look it up, and it was true. He'd won the 2013 Bridgestone a few weeks after Phil won the 2013 British Open. Now you can't even say that anymore. Phil has Phil won more recently than Tiger. Um, he's also 47, almost 48. Tiger's a young 42 now. He's still got time to to still win. If Phil can win... <laughs> Tiger Queen. You're the first one to call him a young 42 throughout this <laughs> he, thing. He's an old 42. Very, I, but very I, I old mean, 42. Compared to Phil, just numerically, he's still younger. He's got a five. Yes, 42 is younger than 48. Right. Am I correct in the math there? Right. So you know. I will say you you did mention a good point. If if you are looking at a spot where he could win again, the one that pops up, at least if you look at the calendar, is Carnoustie, a place. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, the Open Championship is a has been dominated by older guys right. because when the wind and the weather element comes up, it kind of knocks down half the field, and at that point, you have these guys who aren't quite sure how to play the, this very intricate game that's not really played anywhere else. Even even in even in Europe, for the most part, um, he's had success there well, and he's got that grinded-out mentality. That could be something where, if, you, if you're looking to put odds on it, and listen, obviously he, he has the best track record of any place, that is, at least in the majors at Augusta National, but if you're really thinking he might win a major this year, well, I think one to look at would be the Open. That's a great point. And Oregon, the U.S. Open even, I mean, maybe not Shinnecock specifically, but just, again, a grind amount event. And, right, the Masters, everybody's just assuming he's going to contend. I mean, he, he certainly could. Obviously, he's got a great track record there. But we've also seen the Masters. There's been a big, you know, swing variety of winning scores there. If it's going to be one of those years where mm-hmm. 18 under wins, again, I, I just don't think he's equipped to do it right no. now. But if it's one of those crazy years, like when Zach Johnson won it, one over. I mean, that that probably won't happen again. But yeah, I that think Emil, Immelman was eight under something. Last like year, that. guys didn't go particularly low. Right, right, exactly. So, yeah, the nine under. I think mm-hmm. if it's something around there, I think that that plays into his hands. I think he does have a chance. So. You've become more jittery as we started talking <laughs> about Tiger. It's great. You you came in looking like he needed a couple of cups of coffee. Well, now. that's what I, I mean. Five days in a row, I'm living with my in-laws. I still don't have power at my house. Ugh. Well, my, at least there's my not. Wife's 39 <laughs> weeks pregnant. I mean, it's all happening right now. At least there's life. not 15 inches of snow heading our way today. Well, you're right. Exactly. We got another blizzard on the way. You're right. I was I was kind of uh, running on fumes here, but but the Tiger Talk has me going. So good good point. Got you back. Well, anyway, everybody out there, hope the Tiger Talk has you excited as well. Hope you enjoy the golf this week. Thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't done so already, and check back next week when we talk about whether or not Tiger Woods, uh, you know. Had a top 10 and uh, all the other good stuff that comes with that. All right. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Bye.